Welcome back to Pardon the Apocalypse. Ford is rolling out a new patent where your car will repo itself. That's if it's autonomous, of course. Now, before it gets that far, maybe you've just missed a payment. To get you to pay, they're going to start disabling features of your car. This could be your cruise control, your GPS, your air conditioning, your radio, you know, even your seat controls. And this will be when the driver is in the car. So yes, the cameras in the car, they will be watching you. Now, missing your GPS usually isn't a big deal until it's a big deal. Say, for instance, all of a sudden you're in Compton or Crenshaw. Well, uh, at that point, good luck to you. You do have to say, though, losing your air conditioning on a hot day, yeah, that's that's really going to suck. Losing these features, it kind of reminds me of one of my friends who played football in high school and he blew out his ACL. And one of his other friends went to go see him. And some of the words that he gave him to cheer him up were, don't worry, you don't need an ACL to live a full life. It's it's like power windows. It's just a luxury item. But just for some reason, it just sticks with me today. <laughs> so the progression of this is going to be that if you don't pay, they're going to start turning things off. And if they don't think you're going to pay at all, well, yeah, they're going to go and repo. So they're going to put in lockdown mode. And this could be a serious problem, say, if someone has a medical emergency. So if there's a medical emergency and you need to get to a hospital, well, they've thought about that. So they're going to use the cameras inside the vehicle to see if you're having a heart attack or something. And then if it's autonomous, it's going to go ahead and just drive you to the hospital. Now, the thing that sticks with me here is you might not be driving yourself or have a choice in where you're going. It's going to go ahead and drive you there. In my neighborhood, we have the good hospital a little bit further away, and we have the you're going to die hospital. So thanks, Ford. I'll try to get my fares in order and maybe record a living will on my phone. Now, since this is going to be driving you there, let's say you have a family member who's choking and they can't breathe and they're just they're turning blue on you or somebody's bleeding out and they're fainting out of consciousness. This thing isn't going to let you speed. And if it's driving you, you know it's not going to speed. You know those companies aren't going to pick up that kind of liability. And, you know, just think about that. Just one of your family members passing away because there's nothing you can do because you missed a payment or they didn't register your payment, even if you made it. Now, let's go back to the little annoyances when they're trying to get someone to pay. Now, maybe if those aren't enough, they can even play a message, a tone, or really whatever they want inside your car on the radio, just as one more incentive to get you to pay your bill. So you could be on a date and all of a sudden your radio starts saying, hey, pay you, pay your bill, you bum. Or, I mean, just the possibilities are, are endless. You know, they could they could rickroll you over and over. And there's always the, the the crying baby on a plane. You know, that that one's always a classic. You know, if if I was in charge in pure evil, what I would use would be the scene from Dumb and Dumber where Lloyd makes the most annoying sound in the world. If you haven't seen it, look it up. And like I said, they're going to try many different things before they actually repo the vehicle if they still think there's a chance you could keep paying. And one of these will be is they might limit where you can and can't go. Well, they're going to let you go to work, obviously, because they still want you to make payments. Now, with the GPS, they can actually geofence you into certain locations at certain times. So goodbye weekends. And let's get something straight here. Their primary concern isn't you paying off the vehicle. They just want to make sure they make a profit off it. They want to end up in the black. They don't want to be in the red. So even if it takes you 30 years to pay this off, as long as they make more profit than what they lose, it's all good. 
Now, if you're just a solid bet for them, well, let's say you have a good job and you got your parents co-signed on and they also have good jobs. Well, yeah, I could see them making a deal with you to, they'll extend it out, whatever, as long as it makes them more money. And it makes me wonder if your car is making weird sounds through the radio while you're, you're driving, the air conditioning isn't running, all these other features aren't working. Yeah, are they going to kind of coax you into a worse agreement in some way? You know, like, hey, I can't pay now, but you can go ahead and raise my interest rate or maybe skip a couple payments, which will increase the amount of interest that's going to be on the total loan by the end of it. Uh, who knows? Now, in a contract, you can't be under duress, obviously, but or many mild annoyances. I'm not sure how that, you know, I don't think that qualifies as duress, but I, I could see him doing it. Now, one thing we're going to have to acknowledge is that this is going to be safer for the repo man himself since the car is going to be driving itself to the repo agency. Now, won't be necessarily safer for his job, so obviously they're going to probably get less tow truck guys and maybe just a few people in the lot to accept these vehicles. You know, you're thinking, hold on, we could, we could be a very long way from fully autonomous cars. Well, that's true, but the repossession system that they're going to be putting in these cars is still going to make it a lot easier. Say, for instance, you don't want the repo guy grabbing your non-autonomous car, well, obviously you're not going to park it out on the street because they have a legal right to go up to that area. Now, if someone puts it in their garage and locks their garage, well, that's going to be a lot more difficult. It, they're going to need a lot more paperwork to get that vehicle from you and probably the police involved. But what they could do is they could wait till you, say, drive to the store. They know that you're outside of your garage. And then when you come back, your car's locked down and you can't seem to get in it. And it's just going to sit there because they locked it down and they're waiting for the repo guy to come grab it out of that parking lot. So even if it's not fully autonomous, it's still going to make it a lot easier for these folks to, to get this vehicle back. And let, let's talk a little bit more about if, say, someone's not wanting to get their vehicle repoed and they're keeping it in, say, a private garage or a parking garage. Now, obviously, they're going to be using the GPS to figure out the location of the vehicle. But in this patent, it also says they get access to the cameras and so they can use these cameras to get the police involved. So you can look at the what garage it's in or where it's stored, and they can relay that information to the police and get the ball rolling on getting this vehicle back. So if you're wondering how does this vehicle's repossession system, well, how is it controlled by the network? Well, it can be controlled wirelessly in several different ways. It, for one, it could be using your connection on your Sirius satellite radio. It could be using a vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle protocol. It could be using Bluetooth. You know, any kind of communication, they, they listed a very long list of different protocols and different ways this thing could communicate with the network. Now, one thing to be aware of for this network, they have several agencies tied to this network. You know, your police authority, the repossession agency, the lending institution, and, and even your local medical facility, which is kind of scary knowing all these agencies can affect just whether our vehicle is going to run or not. I think we've all experienced companies making mistakes even when we're paid on time. I once had a cell phone company that charged me for making 3,000 texts back when texts weren't free, and it said I made 3,000 texts in one second. I told them, you must think I have really fast fingers. Now, the people working for this company, they were masters of the not-my-job motto. So every time I explain my problem to customer support, they would transfer me to technical support. And then when I explain my problem to technical support, they would transfer me back to customer support and so on and so on and so on. They wouldn't listen. 
They just instantly transferred me. So like I said, the network that controls the repo process is tied into the police, the repo agency, the lending institution, and of course, medical facility. And we're just left hoping that none of them make a mistake. I mean, how would you like if you go to the store and you leave your fully paid vehicle in the parking lot only to have it missing when you get back? And it wasn't a thief and just a clerical error by your lending institution. They didn't record your last couple payments or something. So obviously the lenders are going to love this. It lowers their risk, allowing them to give out loans to even worse credit. So hello, deep subprime buyers. So yes, hopefully more people will be able to get a vehicle, you know, even with poor credit. They probably thought, why should the buy here, pay here's get all the terrible credit customers? Now, now they can pick them up instead. Now to give credit to the buy here, pay here's, like, yeah, you were putting the anti-start and the GPS devices in cars long ago. You guys were ahead of the game there. Now, also in the patent, they have something in there that if the value of the vehicle gets below the cost of repossessing it, well, it's made so it'll just go ahead and drive itself to the junkyard, which I find very disturbing because they're not going to get much value at all out of the scrap metal on this thing. And... If this thing's getting someone to work, this could be keeping a family in dire straits, you know, just still rolling. I mean, maybe it's getting people to work. Maybe it's getting kids to school. Maybe it's in terrible condition, but it still runs. Like this could be a huge value to that family, but it almost seems like you're being spiteful. Be like, hey, where's my 50 bucks in scrap metal money? And all these companies claim to be all about saving the environment. Well, destroying that vehicle while it's still running, that's not saving the environment. That's making it worse. Now, speaking about vehicles that are in terrible condition and need some repairs, you know, I know a lot of parents out there that will save a vehicle that obviously needs some repairs and they'll wait for their child to get of age where they can help fix the vehicle. What scares me is the is similar to the situation with Ubisoft, the game developer, where you may have purchased a bunch of games with them, you have them on your account, but if your account becomes inactive, well, you're going to lose all those games that you paid for. And you're going to have to repurchase them. Which begs the question, do I need an account with Nissan or Ford or whoever it is for my vehicle to work properly, to have all the features working or run at all? Because if that's the case and say my Ford account becomes inactive, do I have to repurchase my power windows, my AC, my radio? In, in today's world, I, I just don't even know. And again, if the network is required, what if they put things on there like digital rights management that they put on music or games? Like some games that if you can't connect to the internet, it won't work. Or if you don't connect to the internet in a reasonable amount of time, maybe it'll be like a few days or a week or something, the game will just stop working until you can reconnect with the network and verify, yes, you do own that. Will this vehicle, could these vehicles work in a similar way? If uh, my car doesn't reconnect to the internet, is it just going to start turning off features or just turn my car off? And if we're so dependent on the company running this network, what if they get in financial straits? Now, let's remember, there was a financial crash not too long ago. The automakers needed the government to give them loans to bail them out or else they were in serious trouble. And I remember seeing a lot of people who work for a company for their entire life just looking for this gravy pension that the company was offering. And then right before retirement, well, the company faltered and the pensions got renegotiated. So remember... A check is only as good as who's writing that check. And when it comes to a lot of debt with companies and different things, well, what gets paid off when 
when a company goes bankrupt or in their financial troubles? Well, it's all written up in the paperwork. Which debtors get paid first? Which ones get paid second? And I hate to say it, you know, a lot of regular people are usually the last ones who get their money. But, you know, executive bonuses are still intact. You know, I mean, that's funny how that works. <clears throat> so we're just accumulating numerous and numerous things that could go wrong that don't really make our lives any better. But these companies just keep putting them in there because it benefits them with no benefit towards us. So we need to watch out for a lot of this garbage policy and code that doesn't serve us and just serves them. Now, talking about these networks and vehicles, vulnerabilities, they have them. Hackers have shown they can take a modern Honda or Nissan, they can unlock it, they can start the vehicle, they can locate it, they can steal their data. There's all sorts of things they can do with this. Now, they did need to know the car's VIN number. But remember, a lot of these VIN numbers, you can just look through the front window and you can see the VIN number. So let's get this straight. You could park and lock your Honda in a parking garage. After you leave, someone could walk up to your car, look in the front window, read the VIN, send the VIN on a request across the internet to Honda, which Honda's going to think that's you, the owner. And then the hacker could unlock your car, then start the car and just drive off. This was such a problem. There was a governor who even threatened to sue over this ridiculous vulnerability. Or looking at the dark side, let's say there's the modern day Ted Bundy out there. He sees a woman get out of her car. He reads the VIN. He then uses that to get her location. And now he knows where she sleeps at night. Nice, nice work, Nissan. Now, like we said, the network that controls the repo system is controlled by several agencies. So we have the police, we have the repossession agency, the lending institution, medical facilities. Now, the the police entity sounds like they're just going to be working with the police most of the time trying to get a vehicle repoed when the, the customer's not being cooperative. But, you know, once this door is open, are they going to be giving cops access to the cameras, the GPS? Are they sharing it with them or are they giving them access to check your camera in real time, check your GPS in real time. I mean, there, there's plenty of back doors for the authorities to exploit. We, we really just don't need to give them another one. So even if you buy this vehicle outright, you don't have permissions on the network like these other agencies do. I don't think they have another system where it just switches to paid off vehicle system. And now you don't have permissions of these other institutions like the lending institution or whatever. Maybe they could disable it in there. But just the fact that it's there means there could be a simple error and someone else can gain control of your vehicle. So we don't own our car. We are merely just subscribers at this point. Thanks to Edward Snowden, we know that, yes, the government has basically infiltrated every single device we have with Pegasus or whatever. You know, this is just one more thing that's going to make that way easier. So whatever software they have, yeah, it's going to be mining data from us here as well. They're going to know our location, what time we're there and all these other different things as well. And what's happening here is they keep expanding the things that they can control over us, but we have we don't have any more things that we control over them. Now with governments involved, let me tell you a story back in 2020 in Russia. There were several doctors who raised questions amid the coronavirus pandemic. Now those guys should really be more careful, those clumsy guys. Well, they, they went and fell out of hospital windows and died. I may not have a medical license, but I know how not to fall out a window. In all seriousness, we do have corrupt governments around the world, and we may have created the perfect assassination obfuscation tool. Seriously, when someone dies of a rare poison or radioactive material in them, it's pretty clear they were assassinated. 
On the other hand, a car crash, well, heck, can the U.S. nearly 43,000 vehicle-related deaths in 2021. Do you think someone's really going to notice one more in the U.S. as just suspicious? Think about what other device can someone remotely control of yours that can put you in a more dangerous situation than your vehicle? So if the government wanted to take somebody out, they could simply lock the doors, increase the speed of the vehicle, and disable the brakes. And there's not going to be anything that person can do about it. And like I said, and who's going to notice an uptake of a few extra people out of 43,000 vehicle-related deaths? It's, it's just a blip on the map. Now, along the same line of thinking, I would like to think that maybe the government would actually catch a spy by locking the doors and driving them to the authorities. But I feel like it would be more likely like Canada freezing bank accounts of protesters or China restricting travel of protesters or, or, or something worse. Say something bad about the government. Uh, I could see this as, yeah, this would be great for them to just get people to shut up. Now, we got to remember that the people in this industry are the same people fighting to take away your right to repair, with John Deere being one of the more blatant offenders. Now, farmers have been known for being self-reliant. Now, with John Deere, they don't want you fixing it yourself. They don't want just some local mechanic fixing it. They want you to go to one of their authorized mechanics because, yeah, they're getting a kickback from that. And this might require you taking your big old tractor, putting on a trailer, and driving in 100 miles to the nearest John Deere authorized repair facility, which is probably just great when it's the middle of the, the harvest season. And yeah, John Deere, keep keep acting like you're worried about in the environment when you're just wasting everyone's time. And even if the farmer has a part, he can't always just put on a part and hope it to work. A good example we've seen with Apple iPhones, for instance. I've seen a demonstration where someone would take two brand new iPhones, working perfectly fine, they're identical, and they would take both screens off and put the screen on the other phone. Now, neither of the screens would light up. But when they take the screens back off and put them on the original phones, it works. And this is because of firmware. They want to make sure that only an Apple-authorized repair person works on it because Apple's going to make more money from this, which ultimately makes it less convenient to get your stuff repaired. And it just drives the cost up as well, which, as we know, is just going to get more Apple products thrown away, which is terrible for the environment. So yeah, they might be bragging about, hey, we're sourcing materials a little bit better than we used to. But yeah, you're definitely encouraging people to throw away stuff. Someone throwing away an entire good phone, that's 100% of wasting resources versus you know a little bit that's put into one new phone. So Apple, stop acting like you, you actually care about the environment. There was an ad in Massachusetts trying to kill the right to repair bill. And here's the audio of it. If question one passes in Massachusetts, anyone could access the most personal data stored in your vehicle. Domestic violence advocates say a sexual predator could use the data to stalk their victims, pinpoint exactly where you are, whether you are alone, even take control of your vehicle. Vote no on one. Keep your data safe. Now, let's just remember that this could just as likely be an authorized repair person as someone else. You know, they could still get that data. They could still stalk someone and do terrible things. And this is just one big money grab and a scare tactic to scare as many voters as they can. And just take a look at the behavior in this industry, like Mercedes charging a subscription to get extra horsepower, other companies charging subscriptions to have heated seats. And I'm sorry, when Tesla wasn't invited to the EV summit in the White House, 
it just looks like politicians are getting bought off. I mean, yes, it could be incompetence, but like, really? All in all, it's just crazy the oversight and control they want over us. It's what we need over big corporations and government, but yet they're getting it over us. As we see more and more systems like this, it just makes the power imbalance between the everyday person and the powers that be even greater. Instead of this garbage, we need open source software. And once we've paid off our own property, we need to be the highest permission user on that system and the only user with permissions on that system. To companies like this, just say no. But not just with your voice, but with your vote and your wallet. Thank you for joining me. Fight the good fight, and I'll see you in the next one.